Hello, my friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Mental Corner Podcast, the show where I bring on guests from all different backgrounds to talk all the things mental health. I'm, of course, your host, Harry Pavin, and today I have the absolute pleasure of being joined by John Rush. John is a rescue dog dad, a vegan, and a fullback for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. He was also a former football player for the... <clears throat> Uh, best school ever, the University of Guelph. John was such a blast to have on, and unfortunately, the video for this episode didn't work. It glitched out, and I'm so upset about it, but we still have the audio, thankfully, and I can't wait for you guys to listen to this episode. And I really want to thank John again for coming on and having this discussion with me. Now, before we get into the episode today, guys, this is the two-year anniversary of The Mental Corner. Crazy. You know, it's been it's been a wild ride. I can't believe it's been two years already. It's a little depressing because that represents two years of the pandemic pretty much. Um, but it's, man, it's been fun. And I'm so glad that you guys are here on the ride with me. And uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. This is like my little baby. So it feels like I'm, I'm celebrating a baby's second year, little little infant's second birthday. And uh, here's to many more. Now you guys know what to do. If you're listening, please like, comment, share, subscribe, give five stars if you're on that podcast platform. Share with someone who might want to hear this episode. It's a really great one. I can't wait for you to listen. I'll talk to you all very soon. Have a great rest of your day. Peace. Good to go. John, what's going on, man? Thanks so much for coming on today. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Like I said, it's always it's always fun to talk to a fellow Griff. Absolutely. And on that topic, I wanted to ask you the first super broad question of the day. What got you started into football and then what ultimately persuaded you to go play for Guelph? Yeah, no, it's actually a pretty crazy story as to how I initially got into football and, and kind of where it led me in life. Uh, I was I was, you know, eight or nine years old and me and my brother were watching TV and uh, looking back on it now, it was obviously not a real commercial, but we saw a commercial where uh, uh, somebody caught a football and was running down the field and did a front flip over somebody else. And uh, <laughs> like, obviously not like thinking about it now, you're just kind of like, oh yeah, that wasn't real. But like in my eight year old mind, I'm like, this is the coolest thing in the entire world. I need to do this. Um, so it took me and my brother like two years to give in, convince my parents, but they finally let us play. And, um, and then, yeah, I've been playing football since I was nine years old. And, you know, one of the, one of the things I always really loved about, uh, like football in, in general as a sport was the, like the camaraderie amongst the, the, your teammates and how close you are with all your, with all your, you know, your team, team members. And, uh, you don't get that in a lot of other facets of life. And that's really what brought me to want to play for Guelph because when I was visiting all these other schools, you could tell they didn't really have that same sense of camaraderie on a team. It was more, they were just kind of in it for themselves. And that wasn't something I really wanted. I wanted to be a part of something like with, people I enjoyed being around, you know, it's like, yeah, sure. You can go be on a team with all the best athletes, but if everyone hates each other, like <laughs> what's, what's the point, right? Like, yeah. why, why would you want to do that? Like, who cares that you want a Vanier, but like if everyone was just miserable the whole time. So uh, when I went to, when I went on my recruiting trip to Guelph, I didn't even want to go. 
like I told my dad, I was just like, dude, I don't, I do not want it. It was a blizzard. It was blizzarding out. I like, bro, like, I don't want to do this. He's like, well, you already told him you're going, you can't back out now. I'm like, like, whatever, dude, fine. Like, so he convinced me to go. Um, and I showed up and I, and I, uh, I showed up and uh, had a meeting with the defense coordinator and, uh, he was, he was awesome. Just like really knowledgeable and like focused on like putting the best players on the field. And then, uh, and then we went into the locker room and there was just like, you know, 10 or 12 guys sitting around playing cards in the middle of a blizzard. I'm like, Oh, that's pretty cool. Like it's like the first time I've ever seen that, like at a, at, on one of these teams. And, you know, we, we kind of just hung out with, uh, with them for a bit. Um, and then I, uh, I stayed with them for the, uh, stayed with a bunch of the guys for the night and I, you could just really, you could like feel the sense of camaraderie on the team. And, um, and I just didn't get that anywhere else. So it, it really drew me into Guelph, even though like my, my degree is business. So I, I always wanted to go to Queens because they have such a good business school, but my, my, uh, my trip to Queens, I, I didn't get that same sense of uh, camaraderie. So I was just like, I, uh, I ultimately decided to end up going to Guelph um, because of that reason. So uh, it was kind of, it's kind of a long journey, but, uh, I, I eventually made it and it was, uh, yeah. And, and I, I enjoyed Guelph. I, I was very, very happy with my decision to go there. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm a big fan of Guelph. That's why I still wear their stuff. Uh, I, I just, I, I, I was always a fan of it. And honestly, kind of the same thing with the swim team was when I came for a recruiting weekend, everyone was just so nice. And like, yeah, it, it was just such a team environment. I was like, okay, it's, it's a no brainer now. Cause I wanted to go anyway for science, but it, it was a no brainer after that. Yeah, no, exactly. Right. And you know, I, I, I mean, at, when I first graduated, that's, I only ever wore Guelph stuff because that is that was the only clothes I had. <laughs> it's like the only stuff I ever had at that point. So uh, it's crazy. It's crazy to think about. But I'm more than ten years removed from uh, my first year of university now. So I'm slowly, slowly losing uh, Guelph clothing. I, uh, no. I I need to. I need. I need to. I need to like, like give them a call or something. Tell them to send me some more or something. Because uh, yeah, it's it's crazy how I, thinking back, I'm just like, man, it's been like. <laughs> it's been literally over a decade since I started university and, and I don't have like any of the clothes anymore. So it's uh yeah, it's, it's brutal. And that is, yeah, over a day, that is insane. If you were, to, so looking back at your first year, what was like kind of your experience transitioning from your life in high school over to the university life? Cause it's a big jump and a lot of people don't really acknowledge that until you've gone through it and you're like, Holy shit, that was wild. Yeah, no, yeah, hundred percent. And and so like I have a late birthday too, and I and, and you know how in Ontario you can go back for like a grade thirteen or twelve B or victory up, mm -hmm. whatever you want to call it. I didn't do that. So when I went to university, I was seventeen still. So my entire first season of football, I was seventeen, uh, and so it was it was a, a huge transition. Like I was playing against, and that I started when there was still a rule that like there was no age limit. So, mm -hmm. uh, so like, like in football, like there was teams that had like 30 year old guys on the team still like, uh, yeah, oh, it was crazy. It was crazy. Um, and, and like we had, there was like four or five guys on the team that, uh, had like wives and kids and like, I could barely <laughs> even grow facial hair at the time. And we, you, I'm going up against guys that are like full beard, like they're men, you know, like guys almost my age now I was going up against at 17 you know what I mean like oh my it, God. It, it was a ginormous transition for me 
the level of competition, like it, you, you learn, you learned how to be, you know, an adult real quick. <laughs> like, you, you know, you're not in high school being some punk ass kid anymore. You're like, you're responsible for your actions. No one's holding your hands. You either show up or you don't. And like, and if you don't see you later. So uh, it, it was a ginormous transition. Um, it was it was an, an enormous transition. It was very difficult for me. I had ever experienced anything like that in my entire life. Um, so yeah, I, I I struggled my first my first year. I, I struggled a lot uh, because I just couldn't like I I I couldn't kind of like keep up with like adults. Like I was seventeen, I was going against adults. Like I almost wish I would have taken more time uh, before first going to university. Yeah. Now, how, how were you able to, like, when did you finally feel comfortable in that adjustment? Uh, probably, uh, it probably took me until like my second year to full feel fully comfortable in the adjustment, Mm. like to feel fully like, okay, I like belong here. Like I could do this. And even then I was still only 18 at the time. Like I was, I still couldn't legally drink in Ontario. Like I was like, uh, man, uh, I was, I was, it took me a long time, uh, to do it. And, and like, and like the thing was, I was still playing, like I played five of my five of the seven games, my first year, you know, like I was still like start, I was still starting. I was still playing. I was still doing it, but like, I wasn't confident in my abilities to go out there and do the, do the thing, you know, like do it. And, um, and I, w- I wish I would, I wish I would have been more confident because I feel like I would have done a lot better. Like I thought, I, I feel like looking back now, if I was more confident in my abilities, uh, especially earlier on, and I took it more seriously earlier on, I would have been a much better football player in the long run. Mm-hmm. Right, man. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. You're, you're making me think back because when I, when I came to the swim team for the first time we had, I don't know if you remember Evan the swimmer he was like yeah. six nine huge yeah, yeah 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 so on my home team i was like one of the tallest guys and i'm five yeah. eight and a half okay and so when i came to the team the average height's like six four and i'm like yeah exactly. what yeah <laughs> big difference yeah i'm like um <laughs> this yeah. is not this is not whitby anymore <laughs> exactly yeah no exactly right it's a it's a, it's a huge transition and, and you go you go from being the best to to not Right. And it's, it's, it's difficult. Right. Yeah, man. It definitely humbles you now. Now, when, what, when did you get, um, your ACL injury? Was that in university or was that afterwards? Yeah, it was in my third year. It was, uh, what was it? It would have been the week before the third game of my, in, in my third year. Mm. Now, now when you go through an injury like that, what's going through your head? Because when you hear ACL injury, it's kind of like a, there's like this ooh that everyone has because it, it's just such a major injury. So in terms of you know your mental headspace, where where were you when all of this was happening? Yeah, no, it, it was uh, it was bad because uh, at that point I was on par. That was like my East West year where uh, I was gonna go to the East West game, and that's like a big that's a big uh, development year for like for the CFL and pro scouts and things like that, and. Uh, um, and then I wasn't, uh, I, I got, and I was the first two games I was kind of leading, I was leading the, the OUA and stuff. I was doing very well. And, and then, I, and then this injury happened and it 
was pretty like devastating. You know, it was pretty because those are for a lot of people, their career ending injuries. And a lot of people don't actually come back from ACL injuries, especially in football um, because of how much you need to pivot on the knee. So uh, it was, it was, you know, it was, I was not in a good space when I found out I had, uh, I was, I had an ACL injury and um, fortunately I I had a a very good support group around me, but it, it took me, it, took me a while to recover from it like it I, I was in a very bad spot for a very long time yeah how how how, how do you accept because there was another video that you were in where you're talking about how um when you started to heal again your, your knee was good for everyday things but obviously not good for football when all these 300 pound men are you know tackling you and hitting you and all these things how were you able to kind of find that fine line between no, I still need more time to recover and I'm good. I'll I'll be fine. Uh, That's a great question. And I don't necessarily know if I ever really found it. It Mm kind of just happened. And because so like, so I did it in my third year and then your fourth year is your draft year, right? And I'm like, well, I can't take my fourth year off because uh, then I won't get drafted. That's so... So I was like, that's just not in the cards for me. So like I forced myself to go back, uh, even though I was only like eight months post op, mm-hmm. uh, and most people take 12 months to recover. Uh, so, you know, by the time, by the time the season rolled around, my knee was like, my knee was probably at like 90 or 95%, uh, good to go. So like in a, in a sense, it was like pretty good. Uh, but my men, my, like my mental wasn't even close. Like I, like, uh, like looking back on the film now, my fourth year, like you could tell, like, you could tell I was not like moving the way I should be. And like, you could tell I was apprehensive and you could tell I, I, I couldn't do a lot of the things because I was like, like, even though I, I might've been telling myself I was fine. Like you could tell in my movements, I was not fine. And, uh, but I kind of just did it. Like, I kind of was just like, you know, screw it. I'm doing this. Like I'm going, I'm going head first into this. Um, and, and so I don't know if I ever found, like, I don't know if there was like ever a moment. Uh, it was more just like, I forced myself and it might not be the, the right way. It might not be the best way, but I forced myself to get back on the field and put my, put my head head first into these 300 pound men. And I, like, I, I was at that point, I was just like, whatever happens happens. If I bust my knee again, I bust my knee, but I can't, I can't keep living in fear that I'm going to bust my knee. Right. Like I have to just get back out on the field. And probably by the end of the season, I was back to like back to my normal self, but it took me like a long time to get to that point. Um, and, and, you know, like, like I said, I don't know if that was the right call. Like, I don't know if I should have just given myself more time and taken the year off. But, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of what I did. I, you know, I, like, I, I'm kind of sometimes I'm like the quintessential, like meathead guy when it comes to football, like, you know, I might, I might, in my fifth year, I played on a broken fibula for like half the year. Uh, and, and I had a lacerated muscle. I lost, I had nerve damage in my foot. Um, and I played on that all year too. And I, I played, you know, like it's, it's part of the game, like part of the game when, when it comes to football and, but like, that's just, that's just how I operate. So, 
that's a, you know, like, I don't know if there was ever like one moment where like, I was like, okay, I'm good. It was like more just like, I need to put my head in people and then just see what happened. Right. Yeah. And how did that fourth year go with the whole, uh, recruiting and everything like that? Yeah. It, so because I wasn't like really at a hundred percent, like I had like a decent year. Like I was like, like, I was like good enough but like I wasn't good enough for the CFL and like, and like the scouts could kind of see that. And they're kind of just like, yeah, like, like he's good, but like, you know, like he definitely needs more time to develop. And uh, so I ended up going undrafted that year because of it, um, which is, you know, which is unfortunate because like it was my dream to get drafted and stuff. But uh, you know, it, it, like when I look back on it and when I watch the film, I'm just like, yeah, like, I, like I get it. Like I, there, I can't like, I can't like get mad. I can't get upset with them for not drafting me. When I look at the film, I'm just like, yeah, like the the film wasn't the best. Like I, it was not Mm -hmm. like it was, you know, it's not like I was my best, the best player and there was other better players out there. So like, I understand why I didn't get drafted, but it still sucked. (laughs) Right. Yeah, of course. Now, now with, with the injury and then the undrafting, how did you then motivate yourself to do the, the following year of football and just keep pursuing it, keep going? Yeah, it was, I mean, it was tough. I, uh, I remember calling my dad the day after I didn't get drafted and, and I was just like, like, you know, what, what do I do? What's, uh, like, what do we do here? Uh, because like my entire like life kind of goal was to play in the play professional sports and play in the CFL. And, uh, and he was just like, well, like you have two options. He's like, you can, you know, call it quits, finish your business degree and then just come back to Niagara and like, we'll figure it out. We'll get you a, a job somewhere. We'll, we'll like, and and you can kind of we can figure it out that way or he's like or he's like you can you know like work your ass off and uh in your fifth year and play as good as you can and then try and get picked up one more time like give it one more shot and i'm like i'm like well i don't really know anything else i've only ever been doing football since i was nine years old and i'm you know i was 20 something at that point and i'm like what I, i don't know what else i would do so i was like yeah like i i might as well uh, give it one more shot. It, I have the eligibility. I would, I, I think I would always, I told myself I would always regret it if I didn't at least try as much as it sucked. I like, I would always regret not trying at least one more time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. In, in that fifth year, you obviously wouldn't know this, but when, when I was looking for schools, cause your last year was the year before my first one. Okay. I, I don't, I don't mean to age you, but, <laughs> but I remember I was looking for schools and I was like, I, I was deciding between a bunch of stuff. And obviously, like I mentioned before, Guelph was one of the top choices for science and everything. But, and my parents were like, don't let sports impact your decision. But every mm-hmm. athlete knows it, it always does. Like exactly. you want to go to a place with good sports. Exactly. So I, when I was trying to decide, I remember seeing the football team win uh, the Vanier Cup. Correct me if I'm the, wrong there. The, the, Yates. the Yates. Yeah, the Yates. Yates yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah. The the Yates Cup. And I was like, okay, I'm like I'm going to go there. I want to be yeah. like those guys. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I never won a Yates Cup in swimming. But yeah. t- like, take us th- through the process of that year. Like, did, At the beginning of the year, did you guys know that you had something special on the team? Yeah, no, 100%. And, and that's, like, that's like the interesting part about – that team and, and I was talking about it with someone else the other day and um, that team. So in my first year, we went like two and six, but then, then for like the next four years, we went 
I'm pretty sure we went seven and one. Mm-hmm. Um, so we knew we had the parts. Like we knew we were a good football team, but we just had to like, we had to get to that point. Uh, and in my fifth year, it was just kind of like a culmination of, of the guys kind of becoming of age because like, you know, my first, you know, when I was even getting into third year, I would like, I would have still only been 19. <laughs> you know what I mean? I still was super yeah. young in my third year. Right. Like, so like, and like that, and, and it wasn't just me. It was like, guy, it was like all the guys in my year were like super young still. So like when, when we finally got into fifth year, we were finally kind of maturing into our bodies. And we were kind of at like a stage where we we're like actually adults at that point. Mm-hmm. And, and um, so, but we always had that kind of confidence in ourselves and especially our defense, like our defense, like we knew we were just like, a bunch of bad dudes that like wanted to like hurt people. Like that was like, like that was like who we were and that's how people knew us. And like, we were like the top three defense in the country for like four years in a row. And yeah. I, like, I was talking about it with someone the other day and like, I'm like, man, like I would have hated to play against our defense. Like there was like no, nothing you could do. Like, and like, I could not even imagine game planning against us because it was just a bunch of dudes that loved to hit people. Like that was it. Like that's all they, they didn't even like, like they didn't even like really care about anything else. They just wanted to like hit people as hard as they could. And like, and it worked. <laughs> and like, because people, like people were like afraid of us. And, uh, and it was like, it was so much fun to play on, on a, on a team full of like guys like that, because like, man, like it would, like, we didn't, we didn't smack talk. We didn't like, you know, no one on the, no one on the defense was really like, you know, a smack talker. It's just like, we just like let our action speak and like people were like, did not want to play against our defense in it. Um, when it, when we got to fifth year, it like, it was, you know, it was a culmination of all these things happening. And, and, and at the start of the season, like, you know, we kind of knew we, 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 we wrote down goals as a team and things like that. And like, we, like, we're like, this is our year to do it. We have the fifth and fourth year guys. We have the vets that are like able, and we have like a, like a good crop of them. And so we, we knew kind of where we were at and uh, we had the confidence in, our, in ourselves and our team. So it was, uh, it was a lot of fun to play, play together that year. It was, <laughs> it was a good year. It was a good year, man. Yeah. I can, I, I bet now going into the Yates cup, what are the emotions? What, what is like the mental process that you personally go through uh, to kind of stay calm and stay game ready on the biggest stage in the OUA. Yeah, I was fortunate. Um, you know, I was fortunate by that point in my career because I had already played. So I played Team Canada and won a gold medal. I played on Team World and won a gold medal with them. Um, and I was able to be coached by uh, a lot of uh, like CFL coaches on those teams that were able to teach me a lot about um, preparing for games and what it took. And uh, you know, one of the, one of the biggest things a lot of them would teach uh, was about, you know, remaining calm uh, to not, to not try that. Like they would teach you like, you know, a lot, a lot of people would try and get amped up before a game really jack themselves up. Uh, But they would talk about the, the mental fatigue that takes, especially in, in something like football, because it's not like um, it's not like other sports where you 
you know, like take track and field, for example, where like you go and run a, a hundred meter race and it's, uh, it, it's a 10 second race <laughs> like it, or yeah. like, you know, 11 second race or whatever. Right. Whereas football, it's, it's like a three and a half hour event. It's, mm. you know, like it's, it's a long game. Right. So it's not just, you know, this one, one moment it's, it's, you know, a hundred different moments in three and a half hours. So uh, if you hype yourself up too much, you're, you're going to experience mental fatigue by the end of the game. You won't be at the top of your game. So uh, really remaining calm uh, and, and focused was one of the, one of the biggest things that, uh, you know, I was able to take from a lot of those coaches and, uh, and it, 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 it helped massively, you know, just being able to kind of stay and not even just before the game, but during the game and, because there's so many highs and lows in, in, in sports that if you're able to remain calm and not let the, the high, you, you get too high or the lows get too low, you're able to react a lot better, right? Mm. Especially in something like football where like every play is a new play where you can change the outcome of the game, right? So, so remaining calm and, and, and kind of just like focused on doing the best every single time, every single play was, was huge. Was that was one of the biggest things that uh, I think really helped like a lot of our guys. And we had already been there. I was our, this is our third Yates cup that we've been to. We'd already lost twice before. So that experience of already being there really helped as well. Mm. Yeah. I mean, with football, you, you, I, don't, I don't know if you were, fo- well, I'm sure you were following the NFL. I think it was last weekend um work wait which weekend was it where kansas city and buffalo there was literally like 13 points in the last like yeah that was two weeks ago yeah like yeah you just see how quickly things can shift exactly yeah it's well it's it's crazy you know like they they there's a bunch of studies and stats done on uh on football and they talk about how there's there's 10 plays that change the outcome of a game it's 10 it it, almost every single game comes down to 10 plays that change the outcome and um so you you on every single play you have the opportunity to make it one of those 10 plays right and and that's that's exactly it right it's any single play can be that play and not if you if you're if you're too low and if you're not, if you're not believing in that, then you're, then it's not going to happen. Right. And, and that's kind of the thing, right. It, just, it doesn't just happen. Like it does, like, it's not, it's, it's not a thing where, uh, you know, where it's just like, Oh, like, yeah, hopefully this happens. It's like, no, you got to believe you got to believe in your abilities to make it happen or it's not going to happen. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Now when you win the Yates off season, well, kind of, what was the jump like from university football to the CFL? Because did you did, you went into the CFL then for the following year, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got uh, offered a contract in, in November, and then uh, went out to camp in May, um, and then I got I got I was I was the last cut of camp, and um, it was it was a big Man. it was big yeah it was it was a big uh, it was a big uh, it was a big transition you know like you go. Uh, it's, it's interesting because, you know, at that point, you know, w- w- we were on the best team. We had the best players. Uh, we were it was surrounded by a bunch of very good football players. Uh, but the teams we were playing, like there was like a huge gap, 
you know, there was a huge gap in who, who we were playing safer, a few teams like Western had a very good football team too. Uh, but like when we were playing other teams, it was like, you could tell the difference in caliber between the two teams. Mm-hmm. And, um, but when I got to the CFL and I was, I was up against these guys, you know, I'm playing guys that came from like the NFL guys that came from like Ohio state, Michigan, LSU, Texas, you know, like all these crazy schools. Uh, and it, and you could see the difference in caliber. Like it just like, yeah, like I was on a good team with a bunch of really good football players, but like, it was like a whole step up. And, you know, for, for the first couple of weeks, you know, I really felt like I was just like, man, I feel like I don't belong here. Like, I feel like these guys are so much better than me. And it kind of came back to that. Like, I didn't really believe in my ability uh, to be there. Um, and, it, and, it, and it hindered me. It, it definitely hindered my ability to play uh, play with those guys. It was, uh, yeah, it was, a. Uh, it took, it took me a while to feel comfortable playing in that same group. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can, I, I mean, I can imagine. And is there like, how old are these guys? Because there's obviously no age limit, I'm assuming. Yeah, no, that's exactly it. So like I was, I was what, 22 at the time. And, uh, the average age was 20, um, 28, uh, but like some of these guys were like 30, 35, you know, almost all of them had wives and kids <laughs> uh, and I'm sitting there, 22 year old punk straight from Guelph, like, like just loving life, like no wife, no, like no nothing, just like love, love life. And, uh, and like, it was, it was a, it was a huge change, you know, like, you know, going from 17 to like college, I'm like, oh man, these guys are adults. And I'm like, then I go from college to the pros and I'm like, Oh no, these guys are dads. <laughs> like, and like, and like, and like, you don't mess with dads. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like yeah. a thing you don't mess with. Right. Uh, so, um, it was, yeah, it was a bit, it was a big jump because everyone was this was the star athlete, right? Everyone was that caliber. The difference between me squatting or deadlifting 550 pounds, no one cared about everyone could do it. So, um, it just like, you know, it, it, it was a, it was a vastly different world, man, that, that comment just made me feel so weak. Cause I was like, I was one of the heavier lifters on the swim team, which literally doesn't mean anything because swimmers can't lift. So hearing that I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> it's yeah. Like seeing, seeing some of the weight these guys could throw around, man, was like, I always thought I was a pretty strong dude. When I got to the pros, like these dudes were strong like strong dudes. Like I, like I, I, I did, I think at the combine I did, I bench pressed 225, like 23 times. And like, there was dudes on the team that were like, that could do that, like no warm up. And I'm like, <laughs> Jesus, I trained for six straight months to do that. And you guys could just co- go in cold and do it and not even, not even break a sweat. I'm like sick. It was, it, it's a different, it was a different world. It really was. Oh my God, man. What, what, what was the combine like? Cause I've, I've had friends who have been involved in combines, but I've never actually asked them about the, the experience itself. Like what, what's the environment like? What is everyone like just nervous to be there? Or is there like, what, what's the vibe? Yeah, it's, it kind of sucks. <laughs> it, it, it's kind of really sucks because, um, everyone's very stressed you're basically paranoid the entire time that you're going to say the wrong thing, do the wrong thing, uh, 
as small as it may be, you're just like constantly worried that your entire future is going to be thrown away because you swore in the bathroom or you swore after a rep or something like that. And, and then all of a sudden a scout's like, Oh, I don't like that. I'm not drafting him. Like, it's just like a really like, not, it's not like a conducive environment to being like at your top physical ability and like everyone's stress. It was like, it was like not fun in the slightest. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, no, that sounds terrible yeah well oh my god especially when you're like when you add the stress and you add the physical exertion and everything how are you not gonna swear well yeah it's like it's it's crazy it, it it's crazy like the like the rules like you would hear from these guys and like the horror stories that like you would hear like about scouts not wanting a guy because of this reason or because like they walked by him and didn't say hi and it's just like man, like what like <laughs> Like what's going on? Like you know what I mean? It's just like they they like the scouts are just like looking for a reason not to draft you. Uh so you have to be like perfect, right? And it's like the the stress on being perfect makes the whole kind of experience suck. Yeah. Man. <laughs> well, I'm glad I never had to go through that. Um now were have were you playing were was the CFL going on? When was the last time the CFL had a season? Did they have a season this year? Yeah, they had a season this year. They they canceled the season in 2020, but they brought it back in 2021. D did you play in the 2021 season? No, no, no. I I was uh, I decided not to. They they asked us to basically take a 40 percent pay cut to play, and I'm like, and I asked them, I asked them if they were going to guarantee us our pay, and they said no, and I'm like then I'm not going to play. <laughs> like, I, I, have, I have a mortgage. The CFL already doesn't pay us a lot of money. Uh, yeah. You know, the minimum, when I was playing, the minimum salary is 54,000 and the 80% of the leagues on minimum salary. So I was like, yeah, you're asking us to take a 40% pay cut. I'm like, I have a mortgage and two big dogs to pay for. So I'm yeah. good. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So I didn't, I, I haven't played in, because uh, in 2020, they shut down the season. And then in, in 2021, they asked us for that pay cut. So I, I haven't played in two years. What was, uh, what was going through your head? Like, how did you react to the whole, not the pandemic in itself, because obviously, you know, this whole thing sucks, but in terms of like having football taken away and like sports. Yeah, it was, uh, it was tough because it was like the first time in 17 years I hadn't played football, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. and so I, I didn't really know what to do with my time. Like I was like, I wasn't training really for anything. I was kind of just hanging out and I had a bunch of free time and I'm like, man, this is weird. What do I do? You know what I mean? Like, this is super like, like, I, I didn't know how to like, like, I didn't know how to like handle it because you just like, like your, like your entire life you were so like, yeah, for this from in the summer to fall, you're playing football in the winter, you're training to play football. Yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden I was like, you're not doing that anymore. And uh, it was very, it was very, it was a very odd. It was like, it was, I just didn't know what to do with, with my life anymore. It was very odd. Did you find a, a like a loss of identity almost when sports were taken away? Uh, a little bit, yeah, because like, especially because like, you know, 
my entire life, I had to put things off that I enjoyed doing for sports. Like I mm. had to stop, I stopped snowboarding in grade 10 because if I got, I had a scholarship. So if I got hurt snowboarding, they'd take it away. Um, you know, I, I stopped cooking for the joy of cooking because food be, ended up becoming fuel. Right. So it was like, I just ate to, for like, for the macronutrients, basically. Like I would just like, yeah, like, you know, this has protein in it. So I'm eating this. Like, um, so like I lost a lot of the joys that I had in life. Um, and then all of a sudden when the sports was taken away, uh, like I had to rediscover what I enjoyed doing in life anymore because it like, I didn't have football, you know, like I loved playing football. I loved being on the team. I loved being around the guys. And when I didn't have that anymore, then I didn't have anything else because I had to push all that other stuff away for football. Uh, it, it was, uh, you know, it was really difficult. I had to like figure what I enjoyed doing again. Hmm. Now, is that where um, the whole veganism thing started for you or did it start earlier than that? Yeah, no, I've been vegan for five years. So it started, uh, it started a little bit earlier than, uh, than that. Um, for me, I've been, I've been, I, I first turned vegan for the, like the health benefits, uh, almost exactly five years ago. I did it in January 1st of 2017, I guess. Right. Is it that, that math adds up? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Question mark. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I wasn't a math major, so. <laughs> No, I'm I'm still mentally in 2020. So you said that I was like 2015. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Exactly right. Yeah, it's like time has <laughs> almost stood still the past two years. Oh my god. Now, was there ever um like when when you got into it, was there ever like with the people around you, um, was there ever that like why kind of question? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, there's there still is all the time. I always <laughs> people always ask me why, and um. Yeah, a lot of guys, a lot of guys ask me why, but um, m more often than not on the football team, the guys ask me how, you know, mm. our entire lives, we were taught that you need to eat meat for protein and, you know, you eat your rice and chicken and that's how you get big and that's how you get strong. And uh, that's the only way you can get your protein in. And then all of a sudden I'm, I'm in the locker room eating like chickpeas and mushrooms and they're like, they're like, how the hell is this guy doing this? And doing the exact same thing as us and performing, you know, the exact same way. You know what I mean? Like in, and there, there, so a lot of the guys were just more like confused about like how I was doing that and not dying. Basically <laughs> uh, they were just like, man, how are you like, how, like what, like, like, how are you getting your protein? Like, like, how are you doing this and, and things like that? So, uh, so that was like more of the bigger question that I got asked uh, more often than not. Um, from from the football team but i mean like a lot of a lot of people a lot of guys in the team and a lot of people outside of that ask me like why as well yeah Almost. now did you did you ever um what, what were like the mental and physical benefits that you found from changing yeah I mean, it was actually pretty crazy like i had no intentions of ever doing it full time forever um and i i started doing it initially for to lose weight like and and you know veganism isn't really just a diet and you can do it a lot of different ways but i did it for to lose weight and the health benefits and uh and within like the first week i started feeling so much better like mm. it like i um i had like i tore my acl in my third year like we know and and because of it i have arthritis in my knees 
and, uh, and like within the first week, my body, I felt like I lost 10 pounds in the first week and my, and my weight hadn't changed at all. And, and I was able to squat down into a full squat again. Um, and they, like the inflammation in my body just like went away and it was, um, it was amazing. And, and I was, I was sleeping better. I was you know, recovering from workouts and recovering from, uh, like in the morning, I just felt like I felt amazing. My body felt amazing. My mind was like so much clearer because I was just eating so much cleaner, right? Like I wasn't eating anything bad. I was eating like, uh, like rice and beans and, and tofu and just like whole foods that were like really good for you. And, uh, so like immediately within the first week, uh, I felt a lot better. And then from there, uh, I just kept feeling better. So I started researching it more and, and learning about all the benefits and, uh, and that's kind of when I decided to stick with it because I, I learned, you know, if you do it properly, you can, it, it can be really beneficial, you know, not only to your sports career, but just your, your life in general. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hear about stuff like that all the time and you're seeing it more in the, in the sports world anyway. Uh, like I'm a big fan of basketball and Chris Paul is just, he's, he's on a tear this year, but he, when, once he got into like being vegan, he lost like all those injuries. He, 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 he had an easier time recovering from those injuries and you just see so many positive benefits from it. And yet there's still so much judgment around people who are vegan. And actually, it's funny because you, you made a story about it where a guy, I forget what he commented on your post, but I'm sure you get them all the time. It just these people who are like, oh, that's not sustainable or I, I don't even know. Like, I'm sure you've heard some wild claims about veganism and like some crazy myths and stuff like that. Yeah, no, it's it's pretty it's pretty funny because it's like I always get it from like these like, quote unquote, alpha males. Um, and you know, these, these guys that think they're like super tough. And I always, I always just laugh because I'm like, bro, like I did the thing, you know, that thing that like you guys dream about doing, I did it. I'm a, I'm a professional athlete in one of the most violent sports on earth. And I won a championship doing it. I did that thing. I don't have to sit here on the internet and say things to you to prove I'm tough, bro. Look at my highlight tape. I'm tough. I don't have to prove that to you. I don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and then you got these guys are like, Oh, you eat tofu. Yeah. You're, you're a beta. You're a beta. I'm like, bro, you know, that thing that you're still dreaming about that you tell people that you like, Oh, I would have gone pro if I didn't bust my knee. Yeah. I did that, bro. So like, I'm going to need you to lower your voice because you're an idiot. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so like the things these, sometimes when people like say these things to me, I, I just laugh because I'm just like, whatever man like you're clearly trying to project on like something onto me that's going on going on, going on in your your head right now and uh and i, I get it all the time but like, it, i just laugh because i'm just like man like I, I don't i don't have to prove anything to you like yeah. i'm tough i know i'm tough i don't i don't care if you i don't care if you random man on the internet that <laughs> is uh, has a private profile doesn't use his real name like oh you're a real tough guy real tough guy like you know what i mean like you, like i don't care man i like, and, and I think that's like the, I think that's like the most hilarious part about like all these tough guys on the internet is like, they're all, it's always anonymous. It's always from a pro, private profile. And like, it's just like, man, like, do you even like, do you even ha- like see the irony in what you're doing? Or are you just like, you know what I mean? It's just, it, it, but like, like I said, I just laugh about it because I'm like, man, I, I have absolutely nothing, nothing to prove to like 
to anybody. Like, I don't care. I don't like, I don't care if anybody thinks I'm tough. I know I'm like, I know I'm tough. I, that's all that I care about. And uh, you know, these guys on the internet, these tough guys, it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's just comical to me. It's just comical. You know, like these guys love to act tough and, the, se- the second you call them out, they go, they go away so hard. They like, they go scurrying away and it's just like, oh man, like it just, it, it makes me laugh. It makes me laugh. It's a, it's a good time. It's a good time for real. Yeah, no, I, I, I can imagine that you posted um on your story. You, like you didn't show the guy's name, but you showed the video. And so I looked up the video and I found the guy. And that might have been the funniest video I've ever seen in my life. It was like how to be the alpha male you desire to be. I'm like, bro, people actually, why does this have like 100,000 views? <laughs> well, it, I, I think the problem is, and, and I think it's, it speaks volumes to like where we're at as a society, but like it's, it's these, they target, they target young, young impressionable men. And uh, that's one of the, one of the largest things about, uh, algorithms right now is you know you know when I was 16 I was a shithead I mean I'm still a shithead but like when I was 16 I was a shithead like I didn't I didn't know better like I I for sure thought some things that were not correct that like I was 16 I like you know what I mean like you have no world of reference you know like you like when you're 16 like you're an idiot like like I'm <laughs> yes. sorry if, if you're 16 and you're watching you're listening to this but you're an idiot like it's just like you have you don't have the world knowledge at all yet like you haven't played against grown men with wives and kids yeah uh to have this knowledge of of anything you haven't you know you haven't spoke you barely even spoken to a woman when you're a 16 year old boy <laughs> like you know what i mean like like these, all these 16 year olds are like afraid of women like so like you don't like your 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 concept of a um the world and your thoughts aren't properly developed yet. And, but the problem with algorithms and, and, and specifically these like alpha men targeting these young, these young individuals is one, they're super impressionable. They, you know, they, they hear something on, in the, on the internet and they take it as fact because they mm-hmm. don't know any better. And two, these algorithms, you know, you watch, if you watch a certain video, you know, you watch a, you know, how to be an alpha male video, then the algorithm, whether that's on YouTube, Google, Facebook, Instagram, starts pushing you more of that content, right? Yep. And that's that's the problem with kind of like the world and the society we live in is, is the these algorithms are so out of control is, is you know, they they should not be allowed to target young impressionable individuals because uh, because we're seeing the effects of that now and it's and it's it's not good. You know, it's not good how this is warping people's minds because, because they, because, you know, all of a sudden you start watching hours of this content a day mm-hmm. and, and then you start to believe that this is reality when in fact it's not right. Uh, and like, you know, people can have a difference of opinion on things, but some things are just not based in reality. You know <laughs> what I mean? And like and if you're not believing in reality like that's a problem right that's and and that's like that's the bigger issue with what's going on with these algorithms right now um and it, it's scary it's it's really scary to watch to be honest honestly i've tried i've purposely gone into those rabbit holes of those algorithms like you know all these conspiracy theories and everything if you read them long enough you start to believe them so i'm like oh i can only imagine if your whole consumption is this like, well, yeah, it's it's like, that's exactly it. Right. Is, is if you, if you're already in a headspace that you're, 
predisposed to believe that where you're not even going in being like, Oh, like I'm just going to like read this for fun and see what it like, see what these kind of people are talking about. And there doesn't even have to be like conspiracy theories. You know what I mean? It, like, like the whole alpha male movement and thinking they're, they're better than women. You know what I mean? And, and how yeah. women have to be submissive. Like, uh, like if you're already predisposed to believing those things or, or predisposed to like take in that information without fact checking it at all it becomes even scarier than if like someone like me goes in just to see what the heck these guys are talking about and seeing how in, like how kind of wild they actually are and what they say um but like but like but that's kind of it right and and they always get someone that's charismatic and that's believable but you know when you actually kind of like root down to their arguments you kind of it's easier to poke holes in it but the way they deliver it is uh, it's very engaging. Right. And mm -hmm. it, and when you're 16, you know, you're not really fully developed enough to kind of do that research to figure out what they're saying, or like you'd be able to critically think about these things enough to be like, Hey, what they're saying is not right. Um, and that's kind of, that's, a, that's like the big issue, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. It, on, that's why, that's why I love, you know, how you represent, you know, being vegan and all these things that all these quote unquote alpha males who are not alpha males will, will try to shut you down for and fail miserably. And another thing that I love that you did and you know, there, there was some press about it was when you went to get your vaccine in a wedding dress, which by the way, you killed, it looked Thank great you. on you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, how, how does that come around where you're sitting there and you go, you know what, I'm going to get my vaccine in a wedding dress. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, <laughs> it was kind of a, a wild ride from, you know, start to finish. And uh, I was, I, I, I'm on Twitter, and I tweet a lot. And uh, one day, we were just talking with a bunch of people on Twitter. And we were kind of just like, you know, we really want to do a fundraiser um, for somebody right now. Um, you know, like, let's try and think of an idea here. And some people were like, Oh, like, why don't you go why don't you go get your vaccine in a, in a, in a wedding dress uh, and raise money for, uh, because there were at the time there was a, there was um, a company, I forget who set it up, but there was a company that was, um, if you got your vaccine in a wedding dress and submitted a picture to them, they would donate a hundred dollars to a charity. Mm. So, uh, so some people brought that up and they're like, Hey, why don't you go in a wedding dress and then submit a picture and, and, they'll donate a hundred bucks. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, that's like, that's kind of like an interesting idea, but like, I'd like to raise more than a hundred bucks. You know what I mean? So, yeah. so I'm like, so I put, I posed the question. I'm like, I posed the question on Twitter. I'm like, Hey, um, you know, should I, should I do this in a tuxedo or a wedding dress? And everyone's like, well, why don't you do it in a wedding dress? And you can kind of break down some gender norms as well as do it as a fundraiser to raise money for, a local, um, it was, it, we, we did it for Rainbow Resource Center, which is a local uh, uh, 2S LGBTQT plus uh, community center. And so, you know, it kind of like, we took this idea that was kind of already in place, you know, we, there was a company that was already donating money for like, if you submitted a picture to them, they would donate money to a charity. And we kind of were just like, great, it's a great idea, mm. but like, let's, let's kind of shift it a bit and, and have a little bit more impact and uh, with it. And 
and and and you know like i made sure like i i reached out to to the community center i'm like hey is is what i'm doing like before i do this i don't want to like be on the wrong side here and offend anybody um and i and i had uh one of one of the people that helps me with my social media uh, is a part of the community and i was i was speaking with him a lot about it and um, and I was making sure I was in, in, in contact with the community. So I wasn't just co-opting a movement kind of thing. And, um, and <clears throat> they were all like very on board with this idea. And, uh, um, we ended up raising $13,000 for the, for the resource center. Mm. And it was, uh, it was, it was, you know, it was a lot of fun. It was, a, it was a lot of fun to be able to kind of do that. And, and like I said, like I have. I had no problem wearing a dress. I'm, I'm confident in who I am and uh, you know, you know, who I am as a man. And, and I, I don't, I don't have to prove myself to anybody. If, if me wearing a dress threatens you, that's a you problem, not a me problem. You know what I mean? And, and it's, and it's interesting. And, and through doing this, it was interesting to me that every single culture in the world, men wear dresses in, even in even in other predominantly like white cultures, men wear dresses. Like in Scotland, like yeah. they wear like call it a kilt all you want. It's a dress. It, there's no <laughs> difference. It's a dress. Like um, you know, like every other culture in the world where met, the men wear dresses as well. But for some reason in North America, it's been warped into this very taboo thing. Um, so. It, it, it was, uh, you know, when I was doing this research and when I was learning about it, I, it was very eye-opening to me. And it was a, you know, it was a, it was a really good learning experience for myself uh, to learn about, you know, you know, the struggles of other people and how like gender, like clothing shouldn't have gender. It, it, like why, like, you know, why are some things uh, only women can wear? Why, could, why are other things only men can wear? Like it, just, it doesn't make sense. Right. So, uh, for me to be able to kind of use my platform as uh, you know, as a, as a professional football player to kind of like break that down and raise some money. It, it was, uh, it was, it was a really cool experience. I was really happy to be a part of that. I bet those alpha males were shaking in their boots when you did that. They uh, one guy made 23 posts about me <laughs> um, and did like several 30 minute YouTube videos on me about what a beta male I am. No, he didn't. Um, oh yeah. The, the, the harassment I got from that, it was, it was very interesting to me because the harassment I got from that, that like the, the, the one week that I, I did it and I, and like I, I wore it, I got the vaccine and, and all that. The, the one week I did that, I, I've never received so much harassment in my life than that week. Like, hundreds of comments uh like posts videos people making comments about me people making stories about me people making you know 27 instagram posts about me youtube videos it was the harassment i got that one week uh it was astronomical you know what i mean it, it was insane how much uh um kind of uh backlash i got for this and uh, I, I didn't care i don't, I don't uh, some, some, you know, some 150 pound dude from <laughs> Thorold, Ontario thinks I'm a beta. All right, dude, pull up to my house. Like, pull up. I, like, I'll give you my address. I don't like, you know, all these people are always like, oh, don't give your address out. Why? Pull up to my house. Like, see, like, I, like, I'm not, I'm the only person I'm worried for is you. Yeah. I, I'm not worried about me. I have 250 pound dogs. 
in my house and then I'm 230 pounds. I'm not worried about me. <laughs> like if you want to do all this stuff, you want to say all this stuff, pull up to my house. I don't care. Um, you know, but like, you know, I didn't care that in that entire week, all these people were saying stuff. I didn't care, but it was very eye-opening to me. And it, in my research that people within the community get this sort of hate every single day of their lives for simply living their life, being mm -hmm. who they are. And, you know, after that week, after it kind of like got out of the news cycle, basically, I didn't get any hate anymore, really. Like, so like I get the occasional like soy boy comment, mm -hmm. but like after that, like it, it went away because I'm not, um, you know, I, I don't present that way all the time, but people that do have to deal with that hate every day for just living their lives. And it was very eye opening. Like, could you, like, could you imagine getting that sort of hate for just being who you are and living your life? It was, it was, uh, it was crazy. It was, it was, it was, um, you know, I, 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 I'm lucky. I, I'm confident in who I am and I, I understand that, but not everyone's like me and I understand that. And, and I feel terrible for other people that have to, have to deal with that. Mm -hmm. on a on an everyday basis you know what i mean it, it's it's terrible right and it, it's unfortunate that's the world we live in yeah and, and you and then you wonder why like people are afraid to be who they are and why self-love is so low yeah well that's that's exactly it right it's like people people are afraid of what other people are going to say about them and and like and i and i get it because someone's going to say something you know what I mean? And it, and it's super, um, it's super unfortunate that we don't focus on building each other up more than, um, you know, tearing other people down. Yeah. And it's always those guys who are lighter than your dogs. It's a shame. <laughs> always. Every, I mean, every single time, like I, I, I don't body shame. I don't like, I don't like, you know, you are who you are. You're, you can't do anything about your, like your height or anything like that. But you know, if you're, if, you know, if you're like five, six, 150 pounds and you're coming at me for being, um, a beta, <laughs> I, like, I'm going to need you to lower your voice. <laughs> like, that is, you know, like it just, oh it, it just, it's not adding up. It's just not adding up, you know, what, what you're saying and, and reality, you know what I mean? It's just like, not that I'm some huge alpha male, but you know, I'm not the one going on the internet calling out other, other people. You know what I mean? So it's, uh, it's, it's pretty crazy. So some of the things these people say, I mean, that's the power of talking behind a screen. Well, that, yeah. Yeah. Like I'll, I'll get messages too. And I'll look at their profile. I'm like, you don't have any pictures. No, none. <laughs> none. It's, it's, it, I, I, I truly believe that, uh, it, you know, anonymity has a lot of perks in life. It, it, it allows people to voice opinions without, repercussions which can be very valuable mm -hmm. but uh at the same rate uh it can be um very bad because people know there's no repercussions for what they say and yeah. uh it it you know so it, it, it's a double-edged sword right a hundred percent and that's like i i was talking to my mom about this the other day because you're seeing so much division everywhere now and mm -hmm. i was just like man why can't people just be in the middle and just give love to everybody. Like as corny as that sounds, it's like you, you, you waste so much less energy and everyone's happier in the end. Like just, Oh, why do you have to yeah. be so divisive and judgmental? 
Yeah, well, I, I, I think uh, I, there's a bunch of studies that are done on it. And it, it's easier to react quicker to, to like anger and hate than it is to anything else. And, um, and a lot of corporations have kind of going back to the, to the whole algorithm thing is that a lot of corporations have realized that and have used it to their advantage to make more money, yeah. uh, which is, which is unfortunate. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, 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 you know, the unfortunate, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot harder to support someone than it is to tear them down. Uh, and that's kind of the unfortunate reality of the world right now. Yep, man, we live in an interesting time. Now, I, I want to, I think my last question for you, John, is kind of a debunk myth kind of question, because like we mentioned, I'm sure you get it all the time, all these funny myths or, you know, misunderstandings about vegan veganism and the lifestyle for people listening who might be hesitant but like they want to get into it but they're kind of hesitant because of that whole alpha male kind of garbage what's one crazy myth that you've heard about veganism and that you've found is just complete bullshit the uh, the, the two big ones would be the protein myth that there, you can't get enough protein in, uh, and the, the soy has estrogen in it, uh, are the two, the two big ones that I like always hear. That's like the two there, you know, there's a bunch of other ones, but those are the two like main ones, especially when it comes to sports that I always hear. And it, I, I always think it's funny because <clears throat> like at the start, when I first went vegan, I had to kind of track what I was eating. Cause I'm like, I don't know what to cook like you know like I've eaten at every meal my entire life I've had meat and probably dairy or eggs like how do I cook vegan now so I would have to like track how much protein I was getting in to make sure I was getting enough protein in and things like that um and then I kind of like learned where to get my protein from and like other than meat and things like that and uh, I get significantly more protein in now than I ever did when I was eating meat you know I, I easily get like a hundred I get like, I'll get 150 grams of protein in, in a day without even trying. Yeah. Uh, and then if I'm really trying, I can get 200 plus grams. And before I was getting like 120 and I'm like, dang, this is crazy. Like I'm getting way more protein in now. Like it, it, uh, it, it, it's really it, like, it's just cause like your entire life, you're taught that meat is the only thing that has protein in it. And, and like beans, yeah, it has a little bit of protein, but I'm like, no man, like beans is so much protein. Lentils has so much, like all of these foods have so much protein. You're just, you're just kind of like taught not to think like that. Mm -hmm. um, and like that, that's a big one. And, and then the soy having estrogen in it is the other one. I, I like, I, I eat a block of tofu a day. I, I have been for about four years now. If, and everyone's like, Oh, like, uh, you know, soy eating, eating tofu will give you like quote unquote man boobs. And, and that's the big one. Right. And, mm. and I'm like, listen, if that were true, I'd have double D's. <laughs> like I would have massive breasts. I eat so much soy. It's insane. Um, I, I, I eat a block of tofu a day and I drink soy milk in my smoothies every single day. Like, listen, you don't get more soy boy than me. And if that were true, like it, it just, it doesn't add up. And, you know, I, I, and I've researched it and it has phytoestrogens in it. And it, it's interesting because it actually has the opposite effect it blocks estrogen receptors. So there's less mm. estrogen in your body, which is interesting. 
Uh, and then on the flip side, uh, when you look at dairy, dairy actually has mammalian estrogen in it. And I'm just like, you guys are like really not even like taking like one iota of thought here to like formulate this idea yeah. that like you think you think plant protein or plant estrogen is some crazy estrogen thing, but you still drink or, or you still drink milk or eat cheese. And I'm like, it's, it's not adding up what you're saying. is not adding up here. Right. And, uh, that's always, you know, that's the, 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 the two biggest ones that I hear are those two. And it's now, now I laugh about it, but you know, before I was the same, before I went vegan, I I believed the same thing. So I was just like, when I, when I, even when I was first going vegan and, and my trainer was helping me, I'm like, man, how do you get enough protein? Like, what do you mean? And I'm like, what do you mean? I'm going to eat this sandwich and it's going to have 40 grams of protein. And I'm like, how it has, you know, lettuce, tomato, tofu, and toast. Like, where am I getting my protein from? Like, what? Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, so like, le like learning how and where, because like, you're just not taught these things. Right. And, um, you know, I believed those before. And, but since, you know, since it's just been, it's just, it's just funny to me now, um, looking back because I know like how much, protein and, and soy I take in it's just like it's just like I'm like man it's like it's not even it's not even it's not even close to being true either of those things just not even close there's someone hearing that soy rumor who's who like is immediately consuming soy like I want breasts yeah well I, I bet that's exactly it right like if, if that rumor were true it would basically like you, you think if that rumor were true like you know how many plastic surgeons would go out of business yeah. yeah every every female or every woman on the on the planet would just be drinking soy milk and eating, eating tofu every day to get bigger breasts. Like, you, you know what I mean? It's just like, think before, yeah. before you say these things sometimes. And it's just like, uh, it just, it, yeah, they don't, uh, sometimes when you're kind of like, when you hear these things, you're just like, Oh yeah, you didn't think, you didn't think hard <laughs> enough about this. You didn't read a book. I get it. No, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well, John, I appreciate you. Uh, for the time and for coming on and sharing all this stuff, man. Where, if my listeners want to know more about you or support you in any way, where can they find your stuff? Yeah, no, for sure. I, uh, I'm pretty active on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, you just search John Rush and uh, that'll that'll pop up. I also have a vegan food blog called Rescue Dog Kitchen and we donate 50% of the ad proceeds that we get on the site. So uh, when people go to the site and they see the ads and stuff like that, you know, we get it's like 0.001 cent for every, every like one person that sees it. It's nothing, but the more people that see it, the more, you know, eventually it'll be hopefully a lot of money. And, uh, we donate, we donate half of that every month to, uh, dog rescues. So, um, that's, uh, that's at rescuedogkitchen.com. And that's, uh, that's, that's where I mainly am on those three spots. I love it, man. I'll put those links down below. John, thank you again for coming on, man. It's been a blast. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. I always, uh, like I said, I always love talking to another Griffin. Of course. And to all my listeners, I will see you guys next time.